0: Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is forty forty. Before we get started, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast. I am your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined once again by a very special guest, good friend, Robert Forto. How's everything going today, Robert?
1: Everything is great up here. Thanks for having me back.
0: Of course, of course. So uh, on our last episode, uh, Robert came on and actually let me do the introduction first, just in case folks did not listen to the last episode. Uh, so Robert Forto, in his own words, is a dog musher, podcaster, and serial entrepreneur that lives in the wilds of Alaska with his pack of sled dogs. We should also add is the new owner of Mushing Magazine, and we'll be definitely be talking about that on today's episode. And the topic is, we're going to dive a little bit into what Robert and uh, his company intends to do with Mushing Magazine, which is a legacy magazine that covers mushing, dog sledding, and all, the, all that other stuff. And we'll talk about you know, some other dog sledding stuff and other things that you've been up to because you are a very interesting person, my friend. So well, thank you. Let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about you guys acquiring Mushing Magazine. How did that come about?
1: Well, interestingly enough since we are on a podcast, uh, a friend of mine on Facebook reached out to me and said, "Are you interested in buying this magazine? We want to put it up for sale." They live up in Nome, Alaska, pretty much the most remote place you can think of when you're looking for a place for a vacation. So we flew up to to Nome. I knew <laughs> these guys through the dog sledding community but did not know them personally and they said, "You're the first person that we thought about for this this takeover. And I said, why is that? He said, we have listened to every single episode of your podcast that you've ever done. So what better way wow. to carry on this legacy than have have you do it? So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I mean, what do you intend to achieve? Like, we could talk about what Mushy Magazine covers and all that, but how do you plan to incorporate it into what you're already doing with, uh, you know, First Paw Media and your podcast and all the other things that that you guys are working on.
1: Well, Mushing Magazine has been around since 1987, primarily as a print publication for the sport of dog sledding. For folks that may not know what that is, think about the movie Togo or Iron Will or Balto or any of those types of movies. It's pretty much a guy that's getting pulled around on the trails by a team of sled dogs. And that's what we do. That's what we love. That's what we're passionate about. But anyway, this magazine has been around since the late 1980s. And it's really our go-to source for mushing news in our community. Think like uh, Pro Football Weekly or something like that in in the other sports world. And they had some hard times getting it published. Not only is everything difficult in Alaska, but producing a high-quality magazine up here with print demands and supply issues and all that is a very difficult task. So. They got behind, and, you know, it was just time to sell, and we're going to take it in an entirely different direction. Since we do have a pretty good following with our social media and our podcast, we're going to make it an interactive multimedia event, and I think it's going to be pretty cool. We're still going to publish the print magazine, but we're also going to include video and Mm -hmm. audio and this whole digital platform where folks can Have sort of a one-stop shop for everything dog mushing we're also going to have an interactive site where we do webinars and video teachings and that sort of thing as well
0: okay so yeah like like you said it's gonna be a one-stop shop for anyone that's that's really passionate about dog sledding and dog mushing so before you guys acquired them were they a monthly magazine a a bi-weekly a weekly
1: they were a bi-monthly magazine, so six issues a year, and like I said, they they sort of got behind and, and things sort of fell off uh, in, in not a good way, and I think now we're going to at least uphold that uh, six-month or six-issues-a-year type deal, but mm-hmm. definitely add a lot more content as well.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine some of the logistical issues that you mentioned, you know, being up in a remote location. And then you add on top of that, the pandemic and COVID and supply chain issues and all that stuff, just kind of a a recipe for disaster. So, yes, do you I mean, I know you're very, very experienced in the world of, you know, audiovisual media and podcasting and, you know, websites and all that stuff. Do you have any experience working in, in print media or is this a new world for you?
1: This is sort of a new world. I've been working with newsletters and, and that sort of thing in, in, you know, in my time, but I've never conquered something like uh, the scope of, of an honest-to-goodness magazine that people are interested in and you know want to keep it on their coffee table and flip through it uh, month after month. So it's going to be a new venture for us, for sure.
0: And how big is the subscriber base uh, currently?
1: Uh they are international and I believe they have about 800 subscribers right now and we hope to at least 10 times that okay. in the next year. That's that's our uh, financial projections anyway to to really build that up and uh make it much more than it is. No. Yeah, that'd be incredible. That's would, that
0: would be quite quite a, a leap. So, I guess the the qu- one of the questions I have is, you know, a lot of people say print media is if not dead it's it's on its way out. So how do you plan to adapt to, you know, that that changing media landscape that criticism? Do you think print media is dead?
1: I think there's still a place for <laughs> Yeah, I think there's still a place for print media. You know, as I said, people still like to hold on to stuff and there's always that debate of should I carry a book on the plane or my Kindle? And I think you you have uh, arguments on both sides of that. And I think the same goes with magazines. And yeah, you know, they are following down by the wayside, but I think that there's still a niche for that. And we're in a very niche market with what we do. And I think uh, for folks that do read Mushing Magazine in particular, they may not have access to other forms of uh, media consumption like a lot of us do. If you live in rural Alaska or northern Scandinavia or someplace like that, you may not have the bandwidth to watch YouTube videos mm. or listen to podcasts and that sort of thing. So they're still getting their news from more old school ways. And I think in in one way we can capture that. But as I mentioned earlier, we want to incorporate different ways that we can utilize media. And one of the things that we're thinking about is when we do a cover story on on an athlete, for example, we're going to use QR codes in the print side of that media where folks can, can snap a picture of that QR code and take them to a a podcast or a video interview or behind the scenes content or that sort of thing. So we're marrying that print media with those other forms of media as well.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, I think the way to go is, is to not just make it a, just a physical copy. There's gotta be, you know, the tie-ins and things like that. And it's, it's interesting. I didn't think about your, the, the folks that like you said are in more l- remote locations that maybe are still reliant on, you know, AM radio to get their news or satellite TV uh, versus the internet. And of course, you know, newspapers and things like that. So, I mean, for me personally, I grew up on, on magazines, whether it was sports illustrated or ESPN, the magazine right behind me on the floor here, I have two boxes of vintage sports illustrated magazines that I'm excited to to dive in and, you know, check out. So, I'm very much a magazine or newspaper guy. I used to read the sports page almost every day um, as a kid, at junior high and high school. So I get the appeal and I can definitely see when you make it into like that, that combination of not just the print media, but everything else becomes like a one-stop shop. So another thing that, that uh, you mentioned in your, your press release and uh, just, I think it's part of the, the media discussion is the idea of going with a subscription model versus relying completely on advertising when it comes to websites or magazines and things like that. So which way are you guys leaning and why?
1: Well, ads are, are difficult in any type of media these days. In, in podcasting, they they're very tough to get and hold on to because everything is about analytics and reach and, and clicks and all of that, and at least in terms of, of a print media brand. Uh, it's even a tougher sale because you're going for the amount of ad dollars that you're spending and what that is going to turn into into reach. And since we do have a relatively small uh, uh, print subscriber base, the, the best way that we can do that is to to really build that up on the digital side. And of course, the more subscribers you have, the ability to sell more ads or whatever. So our focus right out of the bat is to build up that, uh, that subscriber base, at least digital. And as I mentioned, for folks that live in more remote areas, for example, we're an international publication, uh, mailing to Uh, you know, to to Norway or to Sweden or South Africa or somewhere like that, it can be very expensive. So we had to figure out creative ways Mm. to be able to build those subscriber bases up and not just be reliant on that ad revenue that uh, is few and far between.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think even from like an aesthetic point of view, I think about the publications that I've written for uh, in the past where it was completely reliant on ads it's not a great user experience. You know, there's all kinds of junk ads everywhere. You're reliant on, you know, slideshows for your articles because it's all about metrics and clicks. And then I think about the things that I subscribe to, like The Athletic, for example, uh, you know, pay, well, I don't even know how much I pay a month for that. It's kind of a, a set it and forget it, but it's clean. It's simple. Gives me what I need. I'm not my, there's not a bunch of, you know, eye pollution going on when I'm when I'm clicking around on the screen. Uh, so it, it makes sense that, that that is, I think the subscription model in general is the way to go, whether it's like Patreon or, you know, some other method like that. So have you guys thought about doing a Patreon type thing where maybe there's tiers to the subscription or are you just going to go one flat subscription across the board?
1: You know, we've toyed with with things like Patreon for years on our podcast, and, and that's a, a second job in of itself. It takes a lot of work to really build up. A program like Patreon, and and one thing, and and nothing to really diss on that model, but you just don't own the content on those types of platforms. You can build up a a huge subscriber base, and you know tiers and all this, and next thing you know, uh, they either raise their fees or they're gone tomorrow. So you know it's a difficult model to to stand on. So we're going to do everything on our own. We have a really robust program that we use for our. Uh, customer retention and and client management and that sort of thing in our other businesses. So we're going to use that as our model and really build it up that way. And and the question was, are we going to have sort of that one stop shop price? And that's what we're planning on for the first couple of years, is to have an introduction price where you get everything for one price. And then if things are working out, maybe we'll dive into other avenues, maybe digital only or you know. Uh, video only or audio only type subscriptions or whatever it just really depends on what the market demands
0: yeah i didn't know that about about patreon i guess that them owning the platform so it makes sense that you'd want to keep everything in-house so you know like you said if they turn off the lights or or turn out the lights or disappear or something you you're still able to to keep your audience and keep your user base Uh, how do you plan on reaching folks do you have uh, are you planning to implement like a social media strategy, uh, you know, advertising in different places. I'm really curious about how you would look to, to build that subscriber base in that audience.
1: Well, first off, uh, thanks to podcasts like you, we really appreciate being able to get the word out at least here and to your audience. I know that you do a lot of sports interviews here, and I'm very thankful for that. So that's our first Niche, if you will. Secondly, we are going to do uh, some social media pushes. We do have an email list of about 6,000 that goes back to 2010 ish or so, whenever that sort of thing became very popular. We're going to reach out to those guys. We're going to do some email campaigns, not in your face, an email every day type thing, but at least to say, hey, this is what we're doing and uh, come and check us out. One cool thing that we're going to implement. Uh, Starting this summer is we're going to do what we call the mushing road trips, and I think we're going to talk about my travels in a little bit, but what we're going to do uh, each summer is we're going to go someplace in the world, whether it be here in the US or in Europe or whatever, and we're going to do almost like a, a music tour, where we're going to stop and and uh, talk to to dog mushers and and get interviews that way, and do some meet and greets and live events and that sort of thing. And you know, if if you are in that community or if you're in that neck of the woods, that is something that that will really build up that local base. And I think that that's a cool way to do it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've got everything covered on all fronts, right? And you're going to do your Uh, campaign kissing babies and shaking hands and doing all that stuff as well Uh, yeah so yeah anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about mushing magazine or you know your plans there and is it just
1: mushingmagazine.com where they can find it it is mushing.com all things mushing we're going to be the home of dog power sports so not just dog sledding, but bike joring and across and cart racing and obstacle courses and the whole nine yards. We're going to cover that sport as best as we can. One thing I would like to mention is we are going to start a an entirely new way of paying for our contributors. Of course, you cannot write an, a magazine on your own. So we're going to do a pretty robust campaign to to really attract high quality content creators, whether it be visual or audio or even old school blogging types. And we're going to reach out to them and set up a payment structure that is uh, worth their while. You know, anytime you're doing freelance type work, it, it it's a tough hoe to haul when you're writing for yeah. for clicks or, you know, 10 cents a word or something like that. You know, a thousand words is only a hundred bucks. So we're going to launch new ways to to really capture that storytelling. I think this is more than anything. What we're trying to do is tell great stories about this sport and this lifestyle in a way that's never been done before. and And we're really excited for it. That
0: content creator part and, you know, Contributors and all that stuff. I mean that. I didn't think about that. I didn't know that that was part of your plan. But that's that sounds like an incredible idea to engage folks, you know, in different uh, parts of the world and kind of leaning on them to to help create the content, of course, but also to spread the word and grow the audience and things like that. Because I think word of mouth. Obviously, you talk about all the other stuff, digital marketing, email marketing, whatever it is. I think word of mouth is still you know, one of the biggest things, but it's probably the, the biggest thing when it comes to marketing is just, you know, who else do you trust, but your friends or family to, to recommend different things and, and have you check them out. So, right. Uh, what have you been up to this? Uh, you know, I know we're, we're coming up on, on winter here. So you so see, you've been doing some traveling, uh, for dog training. What have you been up to, uh, since we last, uh, chatted?
1: Well, we have about uh, two and a half feet of snow outside here in Alaska, expecting another eight inches or so tonight. So we're, we're looking forward to really getting out and, and running our dogs uh, if, if things will firm up a little bit on the trails. We do do a little bit of traveling just this past weekend when we're recording this. We were in New England and uh, working with a service dog client up in Maine, and uh, for something that nobody knows yet, this will be a first. Uh, we we purchased another publication when we were up in New England. It's called Team and Trail. It is a newsletter wow. okay. type print uh, that's been around since 1963. It's also related to dog mushing, but imagine the content that we have. As I mentioned earlier, we have content from Mushing magazine from about 1987 to present but we purchased that in New England that goes back to 1963. So we have all of that stuff that we're going to launch on mushing.com in the coming weeks, months, whenever we can get it done and up. It's going to be an exciting thing. And also since since we spoke last, oh my goodness, we've been to a couple of concerts, a music festival or two. And uh, just enjoying life, getting out there and just living life to the fullest is is what we love to do. And uh, thankfully, our businesses uh, allow us to do that. And it's always fun to get out and meet people. Yeah, you're becoming a regular media mogul over here, just (laughs) traveling the the
0: country, the world, picking up, you know, buying newspapers and magazines and stuff. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I don't
1: know if it, you would call uh, us so a mobile, but it, yeah, yeah, it, it does say on our Twitter <laughs> profile uh, we are a small media empire. So I hope that uh, we can at least at least live up go. to that description.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you mentioned that that you were traveling in New England to do some service dog training. Um, how big of a, a part of your business is that that travel aspect of train? You know, traveling around the country or the world to. Train dogs. Is it just for like service dogs, guide dogs, or do you also travel to train sled dogs as well?
1: We don't train sled dogs, but we have several clients throughout the country that we meet up with. uh, Just in the last six months or so, Uh, we've worked with our client in Maine. We've worked with clients in Alabama, Texas, California. Other places I'm sure I'm forgetting now, but uh, just being able to have that reach is very important to us because, you know, dog training can be done by anywhere, by anybody anywhere, but we have sort of a unique system that we do that is unlike a lot of other programs out there. I've been dog training since 1994, so I've been around the block a couple of times, and I think we have a system that works pretty good.
0: Yeah, and obviously people are flying you around the country. They there's definitely, uh, the proof is in the pudding, as right. they say. Uh, so you mentioned you got, you know, a couple feet of snow outside. I, I mean, I'm sure there's a few more months left in of, of winter up in Alaska. Any big plans for the winter? Any races coming up that you plan to uh, race or, or attend
1: coming up? Oh, yeah. We are definitely have a full slate of races on our schedule here in, in Alaska. We're going to do some sprint mushing, and we're going to do a little bit More mid-distance mushing coming up, so we're looking forward to that. But now that we have this mushing magazine platform, we're going to sponsor a lot of local races as well. So you'll see our banners and our our booth set up and that sort of thing. So we're going to be able to get the word out there. And coming up in January and February, I teach at the local universities, both uh, University of Alaska and Alaska Pacific. I teach dog mushing there, so I'm looking forward to that. People are already signing up for. Uh, a college credit type course to to learn dog mushing. I think I'm one of the few in the world that teaches that course. And and I'm really honored and grateful to be able to have that position to teach uh, the next generation of outdoor leaders how to become uh, the best they can be as well.
0: That's amazing. You've got a a lot on your plate. You said a a mini or small empire, uh, some college courses, some races. So you're going to be a very, very busy man. I'm sure you're already a very busy man. So uh, thank you for coming on. We appreciate your time. Um, Any last words about where people can find your work, where people can uh,
1: check you out on social media and all that? You can find me on social media at Robert Forto. That's F-O-R-T-O. I think I'm on every platform out there, LinkedIn, Twitter, X, whatever it's called these days, Facebook whatever we are out there. And of course, check out our new site, mushing.com. That's uh pretty easy to find and uh, make sure that you check us back because uh, we're gonna have a lot of content that's popping up there in the next uh, weeks or two.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do that as soon as we get off the call, I'll be signing up for all the social media and adding mushing.com to my, uh, my bookmarks. Hopefully you guys have an, an email newsletter um for or something like that. So I can stay on top of what you guys are doing. Um, and as for the 4040 Vision Podcast, thank you guys for checking us out. Make sure to leave us a review and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. And make sure to follow us on all the major social media platforms at 4040 Vision Pod. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate thank it. Thank you.